Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I'm frustrated. I don't like these list shows. We're not doing a lot of these. Too stressful. <laughs> why don't you like them? It's too hard. I don't know. <laughs> Doug's been spending the last week doing hardcore Christmas horror movie research. I have been. Now I'm mad at several YouTube channels. And it's a whole problem. I literally put mine together about 10 minutes before I walked down here. Yeah, mine too. But I mean, I literally knew what three of them were right off the back, so it was pretty much just I had to decide on two. My mistake was I checked the list of all the Christmas horror movies, and I'm like, oh, shit, there's so many on here that I wasn't thinking of before. And I want to put the one on that I know will piss off Noah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I pretty much threw my entire list out and just picked a, a, a bunch of random shit that is not probably not anybody else's list. Well, I thought about trying to make mine stuff that wasn't on your guys' list, but then I thought if we actually try to discuss 15 movies in one show, we'll be here all night. <laughs> so I left some of the obvious ones on there that I'm like, ah, oh, those will be on other people's lists, but that's all right. There's probably a couple on mine too, but I tried to just start from scratch, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. That was everybody's week. We're three days. Three days. No, it's not right. It's pretty exciting. Uh, <laughs> Noah, we got an email that you should probably be the one to read. Oh, yeah? yeah it's from uh, somebody you know. Here. I didn't see a notification. Uh, at night driving. Oh, Riku. Yeah. I kind of want to take the more obvious answers off my list and put some of the more out there ones on there. Well, you got like two minutes. Yeah, it's stressful. It's not that serious, you know, Doug. It'll be all right. Yes. I take any listing of movies very seriously. Most times I refuse. If people ask, like, what's your favorite movie, I refuse to give them an answer. <laughs> I, I can't. I need qualifiers. Like, yeah. You got to be way more specific. But even like Christmas horror wasn't qualifying enough for me because we didn't sit down and discuss like how how much does it have, how far into the horror genre does it have to be to qualify? How far into the Christmas subgenre does it have to be to qualify? I started eliminating movies that were 
set at Christmas that I didn't think had an, enough of a Christmas tone to them just Ma- because Maniac, Maniac Cop 2 yeah that didn't make the list because I'm like I know it yeah I just can't do it almost made the list for me I, I almost put that one on too and then I was like alright I'm not going to technically it's not Christmas themed it's just set at Christmas yeah, but then there's some that are set at Christmas that are just, it's like, it's hard not to put them on the list. It's the Die Hard debate. It's not a Die Hard debate at all, because Die Hard is 100% a Christmas movie. Well, I agree with By you, every, but... Every, it's, it's not, but I'm saying it's objectively a Christmas movie by every measure, right? It's literally a story about a guy trying to get home to his kids at Christmas. Makes new friends along the way, helps them learn important life lessons so that they'll be able to be better people when they go home to their families. It's just a Christmas movie, just kind of funneled through the action subgenre. Yeah. Friend of mine. You take the script and make it into a non action movie if you wanted to, I think. Friend of mine was started, of course, the argument up again that it wasn't a Christmas movie. And I was like, well, technically the only reason anybody's even in the building when it gets overtaken is because they're having their Christmas party. So he's like, yeah, but it could be any party. I'm like, but it's not. It's a Christmas party. So that makes it a Christmas movie. You could make that argument about any movie. Like, yeah. Little Ralphie had gotten that fucking bunny costume for his Easter instead of Christmas. That wouldn't be a Christmas movie either, but it is. I'll be I'll be honest, I've slowly become anti-Die Hard being a Christmas movie just because I'm sick of fucking listening to people talk about it. <laughs> and I'm sick of people saying, oh, it's my favorite Christmas movie. Shut the fuck up. I hate you. I hate your fucking face. You're not clever or original or unique. Well, I agree you're not clever, original, or unique. It's similar to why we're not allowed to discuss Black Christmas this week. is because you can't say that's your favorite Christmas horror movie because you haven't accomplished anything by saying that. Right? Right. I don't want people to say, like, oh, my favorite Christmas cartoon is Rudolph. I'm like, hey, congratulations. We all watched Rudolph when we were kids. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Way to not mean think it's not outside the box. Point. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's not, it's not clever at this point. It's not original. It's just... I don't know. Congrats! You like a story that was created to sell shit. It's, it's like if you if somebody like says, "Oh, what's your favorite band?" and you say the Beatles, it's like, well, I don't have a lot to talk to you about anymore. It's not that I disagree with your position; it's just that fucking there's nothing left to be said, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't mind somebody's favorite band being the Beatles as long as they're like one of those fans of the Beatles that's weirdly fucking specific. You know what I mean? They're like, I like the Beatles from the White Album to Sgt. Pepper's and that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing else. None of the other albums. They're too conceptual. I have no comment on that. I really don't know that much about the Beatles. <laughs> It's just an example I was using. I know the the one the one thing that really is fantastic about the Beatles is like every one of their albums is kind of a, a almost like a different subgenre of music. They didn't really do the same thing for too long. Yeah, just play Beatles Rock Band. You get a taste of that. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. We don't need to talk about the Beatles unless we want no, to talk about Yellow no, Submarine and which we're just talk. We're just talking about the Beatles. That's what this is now. Welcome to the Beatles you know cast. What? 
Told you, told you guys I don't like doing these fucking list shows. You know what? You know what's getting ready to happen? You know I'm getting ready to put some fucking Beatles movies on the goddamn list, don't you? Uh, is there more than one Beatles movie? There's like eight. What? I mean, I can think of what? Magical Mystery Tour, Help, uh, Yellow Submarine, Hard Day's Night. Hard Day's Night. That's the one I knew about. <laughs> Help! Help is actually kind of fucking hilarious, in a in a weird fucking way. Well, we're not doing Beatles. That's not. Could oh, we? Okay. Uh, They're going could, on the list. Could we sneak in uh, the monkeys movie head? Ooh, <laughs> extra fancy. <laughs> actually, I've got a movie. I think I've got another movie called Head that I was trying to figure out how to get on the list so we can combine them. <laughs> And then we could do uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is not technically a Beatles movie, but it's a Beatles movie. <laughs> we could do we could do the Monkeys movie Head, and then we could do the horror movie Headless. Yeah, put those two together. All right. Number right. five on the All John right. Christmas movie countdown. So right. if if you're in the Facebook group, Alan uh, said, I want to see some top five Christmas horror lists. And I was like, all right, well, we'll do that for an episode because that sounds easy and uh, just something we can randomly do with the holidays coming up, which we, we didn't end up doing it for for Christmas, but doing it for Star Wars week because we knew we couldn't record on our usual day. No, but this will be the Chris, the last episode to go out before Christmas, right? Uh, technically, yes. Yeah, technically. Yeah. I, you just don't want to admit I'm right, so you're like, well, you got me on a technicality. It does go up no. on Monday and Christmas is like the Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, it will. I'm trying to think of when our Star Wars, I guess that'll go up the week after. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so I think this is going to be the last regular episode of the year. Oh yeah. Cause the next Happy one will be Year's, guys. Star Wars and then, yeah. So is this, is this your way of trying to like lead into new year's evil being on your list and you're trying to try uh, to think it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Suckers. Son of a bitch. <laughs> new year's evil terror train. What other, what other new year's movies are there? Those are the only ones I know. <laughs> so yeah, Alan said he wanted some top uh, top five horror lists, Christmas horror lists. So we obliged, and uh, I set some rules to make it a little harder. No Black Christmas or Silent Night Deadly Night. And Doug was very pissed at me, and he's still very pissed that he has to do a list. I don't. I mean, we can we can all agree up front that Black Christmas would be number one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that nobody's going to try to be like, well, I mean, it pretty Black, much Black sets Christmas, the standard. Yeah, Black Christmas is the Christmas horror film, and it if it's not number one on your list, you you need to go home and rewrite your list because you did it wrong. After yeah. that, there's like some room for debate on a lot of things. I mean, it seems like it would be like if if Halloween wasn't your number one Halloween horror film. Which maybe there's a little bit more leeway, but still. Halloween's not my number one Halloween horror. Uh, well, you know, but, 
talked about this. Well, you're terrible, so this so should be your number one. <laughs> this is a really formal episode. We were, we're really like nailing this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I've set those, and then uh, what we'll do is we'll each do our number five, and then number four, etc. And then if uh, if someone says a movie that's higher on your list, just say, "Oh, that's that's my number. That that's higher on my list, or whatever." And then we'll wait to talk about it when we get there. Okay. Well, I'm gonna set one more ground rule. Sure. Uh, number one, we cannot be held. Well, actually, two more ground rules. Because one is we can never be held accountable for what we say today. Oh, because okay. if you ask me again tomorrow, my list would totally be different. <laughs> I don't sure. want anybody going. What about this movie? It's like I managed to get this list down to you know five for the list, plus the two that we're not allowed to talk about, which would be on the list if we were. Plus, I've got four honorable honorable mentions set up. So <laughs> I, I'm not good at narrowing things down. And if you like, there's this is this is the list for today only. Don't ask me. And the other thing, I, I just don't want us to get into a debate about where things go on the list. Like um, one versus two, two versus three. I you are, think that'll be you're taking like, this way more seriously than anybody should already. <laughs> like I said, I, I will agree to be held accountable for my top three because they, I think any day, if you asked me top three, they would probably be the ones to say. All right. Well, we're not. They're somewhere difficult. But okay, even if you want to be held accountable, you're not allowed to be held accountable because then that opens it up for the rest of us. So. <laughs> Doug, number five. Number five on my list is uh, Don't Open Till Christmas. No. Do you guys know this one? That uh, is higher on my list. Oh. Oh. You want to hold off on it? Oh. What, what, in that case, what's number five on your list, No. Uh, so, I'll, I'll be honest. This is the only one that I kind of cheated on because it's kind of a tie. But we already talked about Deadly Games last week. So I don't feel like we need to rediscuss it. Okay, Brian, you said you hadn't actually seen this one, right? No, the French Home Alone, <laughs> fucking French kid with a mullet taking <laughs> on uh, a deranged it's... pedophile in a Santa suit. It's a yeah. 1990 movie. You can't blame the kid for having a mullet. <laughs> it is that it is gloriously batshit crazy like it's so, a weird fucking movie sounds like a movie i want to see i just haven't, I haven't it, seen it. it's not it's on here's, here's the problem it's not as it's i'll be honest it's not as good as that description <laughs> like it it's it's filled with a lot of really good mo- moments and uh there are a couple moments where they like ramp up the tension and you're like man this is like turning into a good horror movie and then they like lose it again and it it's right. a, a lot of it's a little too slapsticky and it just doesn't yeah. work but yeah. but it's my, really fun my official position on the movie was like i think you should probably see it but i don't actually recommend it because i don't think it was very good but you should probably see it <laughs> right, <laughs> nice. right. It, and it tied with uh silent night bloody night oh yes night movie, which is a 1970s kind of drive-in uh Slasher, and, and for the most part, it's if you've ever seen a 1970s and early early 70s before they got the formula down slasher movie, I I think you pretty much know what this is. Like, there's an escaped crazy person, and 
people start dying and then there's a family secret and shit and of course the house that they're in used to be an insane asylum like it it's like every fucking trope that you can possibly put into a thing with way too much exposition for some fucking reason thrown into it but i think the thing that sells it the soundtrack's real fucking good for a shitty movie it's kind of got that uh creepy rendition of silent night uh that kind of plays in the background all the time and it's it's actually really effective Hmm. yeah for me that one was always a little bit too slow i found and that's a problem with a lot of that you know pre-formula slashers is all the fun stuff kind of happens towards the end right so I think I actually own that, but I have not watched it. It's on one of those, like, giant collection of drive-in movies or whatever. Yeah. There is a part two, and I have never actually watched part two. Isn't part two made, like, years and years and years later? I I think Uh, it is, yeah. 2015, from what I saw. Yeah, so... I don't really consider that a sequel. I don't even really understand like what they were going for there. Hmm. Uh, I was going to say something, I completely forgot. I think there's actually a third one too. Oh really? Yeah, they made it like a couple years after. Um, yeah, I don't know. All right, my number five is a movie with uh, Emily Blunt called Windchill which I talked about maybe about a year ago on the show right so she is doing one of those rideshare things that apparently people used to do where if you're in college and multiple people are heading the same direction they'll share a car and split the costs and of course the uh, they're heading home on Christmas break and of course the car breaks down and then uh, a bunch of really weird crazy shit happens so there's either a deranged killer or they're being haunted by a bunch of ghosts you have to find out which by watching the movies that one has been on my watch list since it came out in like is it 07 something like that <laughs> yeah just never gotten to it it's pretty good it's worth a watch there's a bunch of yeah. Really creepy imagery. Maybe not heavy on the Christmas theme, but it is set over Christmas break. So I still count. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I didn't know it was a Christmas Eve one, but mm-hmm. it's uh I knew it was wintery, so I guess so it's kinda of the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Less twinkly lights. <laughs> Less twinkly lights. More gas station food, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think I believe they stop and get a bunch of like garbage food from the gas station. Well, it's part of being on a road trip. Exactly. All right, Doug, what's your number four? Uh, number four, I have Dead End, which uh, I believe I talked to you guys about this last year when I rewatched it. Mm. Um, it's the family that takes a they're on the on their way home or on their way to a Christmas Eve dinner, and they decide to take a shortcut and things get spooky and creepy and weird and you're never quite sure what's going on um and what makes this one special is that the mom and dad are lynn shea and ray wise 
and so you just get those two bickering back and forth the whole time while spooky weird shit is happening all around them and it's just a it's just a fun little movie it kind of walks that line where there's like some funnier moments there's also some creepier moments and they all sort of work and some of them because you've got those two actors in the lead they can do that thing where it's kind of creepy and funny all at once and sort of weird um hopefully that makes sense to people but i think if you know who those two are you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um so yeah just just a really kind of fun little movie it takes place all over the course of this one drive um it's got a twist ending that let's be honest if you're like if you're a horror movie fan you're probably gonna figure it out but it, it's a, it's not too serious of a movie so you don't really care that you figure it out in advance or at least i don't it's from like oh three and i've been watching it almost every christmas since then and i kind of just enjoy it uh also one that's been on my to watch list that i have never gotten around to yeah uh, i recommend it I, like i again like it's it's a direct-to-video horror movie from 2003 there's a very specific audience for that but we're all in that audience right i think mm. you, you hear those names and those are names that you know don't exactly make sense to a mainstream audience why you would watch a movie just to see them but <laughs> it it makes sense to us right it's, and I, I don't know i think part of why it holds like that kind of a spot in my heart is because it's one of those movies where i'm like i, I bet you most of the people haven't heard of this and <laughs> it's just you know me and a few others that are enjoying it so yeah i believe i first heard about it on horror etc which is uh i'm assuming why you ended up watching it it is not i think maybe i told them about it that's well that's possible I, like I saw it when it was new it was back when you used to go to Blockbuster and just rent movies based on the box art and shit I was like oh <laughs> this one sure because the box art is this kind of cool picture of like uh, the back of the car with somebody screaming out the back window uh, that drew my attention did you mention Plus, what you the able... sorry go ahead did you mention what the Christmas tie in is yeah they're on their way to Christmas Eve dinner and some of the gifts end up playing uh, put it this way one of the one of the gifts that they're bringing with them is a shotgun and that ends up playing a role later in the film <laughs> so if it weren't it has to be a Christmas movie because if it weren't Christmas they wouldn't have had the shotgun with them ah uh, the old shotgun Christmas gift <laughs> well, does somebody say ho 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 motherfucker in that movie because it sounds like the type of movie where somebody would say that no it's not that type of movie at all <laughs> Although there is a smart-ass teenage son, so it would—it is something that that character would say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for number four, Noah? Uh, number four is where "Don't Open Till Christmas" showed up on my list. All right. Okay. Uh, do you do you want to explain this one, Doug? Um. Okay. So it's British. So take that to mean whatever you want it to mean um <laughs> essentially somebody's killing all the santas around london and we're following um the the detectives as they're trying to find the killer um yada 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 the ending is very convoluted but if you ever wanted to see a santa get shot in the face this is the movie for you <laughs> if you ever wanted to see a Santa go into a nudie booth and be murdered in front of the poor innocent stripper girl who's just there trying to make a living. <laughs> this is the movie for you. 
I mean, if you've ever uh, needed to see 15 people dressed like Santa Claus killed in one movie. Yeah. It is... Like, that. That's why this movie's on my list, is just because the first, I don't know, hour and 20 minutes where I don't really know what the plot is, it's just a bunch of Santas getting killed, is so much fun to watch. There's like... It, it almost a, feels like a like a Christmas theme face of death movie. <laughs> kind of. There's Brian, you have you seen it? I have not. Okay, well, this is the kind of movie we're talking about. At one point, there's like a couple that are kind of I guess they're your main characters maybe, I don't know, because they happen to be at a couple uh, a few different murder scenes all at once. And so they're literally they're at a Christmas party and the girl's dad is dressed as Santa and he's one of the he's killed so that's how we're introduced to this couple a couple of scenes later they show up at his friend's apartment who's a photographer and he's filming like a nude photo shoot with some girl and then they get into a big fight because um, the photographer asks him to join in the nude photo shoot since the other models didn't show up and she won't do it so she storms off so now the guy decides to stick around and he's walking around the streets with the other model who's now dressed up in a sexy Santa outfit and trying to like flash on the street and get her picture taken <laughs> and when the killer sees that he's like oh, that's too close to pass up that's close enough to a Santa I'm taking her out and that's sort of why this guy's our main character because he's the only person who's been at two murder scenes <laughs> so the police start to suspect him but picture picture like a woman in a sexy Santa outfit literally flashing her tits naked on the streets of London and then getting murdered on the scene <laughs> and that's the movie you're talking about I it's imagine that fun. all the time well that's, that's <laughs> fucking weird um, but yeah it's, it's just super fun like I say it gets convoluted at the end when they start getting into the backstory and explaining who the killer is and you can tell that they were kind of just like oh we better give the killer like reasons and stuff so they try to force all that in and all i think it all makes sense if you watch the movie but i i don't think you'll care <laughs> <laughs> that about sum it up noah or did you have something to add to the plot description i, I, I it's hard to do a plot <laughs> description of a movie that doesn't really have a plot <laughs> like no it just kind of goes yeah <laughs> every Santa that gets killed gets killed in a unique way which is key because it's not like there's not like no modus operandi except if you're dressed too close to Santa you're gonna get hacked up like say guns knives I think one person gets choked to death yeah one of the uh, one of the poster arts for this was really cool it's like a Christmas present with like an arm hanging out of it yeah <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really fun movie. It's a, definitely a recommend for slasher fans out there, or you know, pretty much anybody who would listen to a podcast like this will probably enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say if you're if you're a slasher fan, or if you like you know Faces of Death or Mondo movies or anything like that, like it, it really feels like one. Yeah, like that. I would say almost the first hour, you really don't know what's going on, other than just people dressed as Santa are getting killed, and you're just having fun watching it. Or hopefully you're having fun watching it. <laughs> if you don't like watching people in Santa suits get killed, don't even give this movie a shot. It's not going to win you over. 
<laughs> so I was going to say, if you saw someone in a Santa suit get murdered as a child and you're traumatized from it, don't watch this movie. <laughs> oh, trigger trigger warning. If you saw that, watch this movie, have it push you over the edge, and make sure somebody follows you with the camera so we get another movie out of it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sequel the sequel is somebody saw the original movie and it made them snap and they started killing Santa Clauses wasn't that kind of the sequel to the town that dreaded sundown I think it was kind of how that went <laughs> yeah I think that's one that's been on my to watch list but I just I think it was out of print for like forever and I couldn't find it it's on and YouTube then, now so yeah seems about right I, I just rewatched it the other day and I watched the YouTube streams. It's, it wasn't bad quality and stuff. Hmm. All right, my number four is a Norwegian film called Rare Exports. That's, that's yeah. my number three. All right. <clears throat> Do you want to talk about it now or should we wait like half a turn? <laughs> we can probably just go now because I think uh, it's going to mess everybody up if we uh, right. if we don't. So yeah, Norwegian film. Uh, some hunters uh, end up capturing a Santa Claus in a trap, bring him back to their little uh, farm or whatever. Try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Why is there a Santa Claus in our trap? Find out he's a Santa Claus, not the Santa Claus, because the Santa Claus. I don't remember. Is he like encased in like a giant block of ice or some weird shit? Yeah, it's like he's a huge giant monster. Yeah. That like they think it's a mountain, but it's really just a giant block of ice with evil Santa in it. Yeah. And then um, mainly we focus on the kid who's really confused by all this. And uh, if you've ever wanted to see a giant group of old naked men running right at you. This movie's for yeah. you. I was I was getting ready to say if you're in the mood to see an upsetting amount of old man dicks, <laughs> it's yeah, it is. Uh, it's probably the most old man dicks in, on film in any Christmas movie, really, even outside the horror genre. <laughs> weird. I would say weird recommendation. I would actually recommend the short film that the movie's based off of more mm-hmm. than. The movie itself because it's like less uh, old man dick no no unfortunately not uh, <laughs> but it's more like an infomercial and it's yeah. for a company that that captures and breaks and then trains old man christmases and then ships them off to malls to be mall santas <laughs> yeah it's it's really fun the short film is great too one of the things I had to do to get the list down was not include short films or else it would have been on that list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's... If we could have done you know what short else films, I it would have been great. Yeah. Yeah, we... Anyways, let's not go on a tangent. <laughs> we, can, we can do that later. Um, if you guys want to do an honorable mention section, we can mention some short films there. But, yeah, one of the things I love about Rare Exports is the... Uh, just the... F- that weird atmosphere that comes with it being from wherever the fuck it is, Norway. Is it Norway or Finland? Something like that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I, I love the way it's just like, it feels like it's it's modern day, but it's also kind of the 80s because they still dress like we all did in the 80s. And like kids running around a hockey helmet half the movie, and I'm just like, it, 
I love the way it all just feels and it kind of sucks yeah. you in it it has that Christmas movie feel to it of like the family that's like suffering and trying to find a way through and praying for their Christmas miracle it's just their Christmas miracle involves a lot of old man dick so <laughs> yeah they're on, and they're on that farm so I mean there's not like a ton of technology just laying around that yeah it reminds you it's present day yeah, yeah. It's, it's good stuff and I mean I kind of wish Norway would uh, crank out more movies because the few horror movies I've seen come out of there have all been awesome. There just isn't much coming out that way. That whole area of the world produces some good movies, but not a lot of movies. It's just when they come out of there, they tend to be good. All right, Noah, what's your number three? Number three has got to be Krampus. That's, That's my number great. two. That is also my number two. So you guys went a little higher than me. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Do we need to walk through the plot of Krampus? It's about Krampus. Basically, yeah. a kid loses faith in Santa Claus and his uh, magic letter to Santa instead becomes confetti to Satan. And uh, Krampus comes and fucks him and his whole family up, and they learn a valuable lesson uh, too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. But, he, but I mean, really, the best part of the movie is when all these weird toys that show up start attacking the entire family. Well, that's a awesome. giant hunch, hunchback goat monster wearing a Santa Claus skin mask. That's pretty fucking awesome. It's <laughs> pretty good. You guys aren't even bringing up the killer gingerbread man. Oh, yeah. The weird yeah, that movie's just show up. It's so fucking good. Yeah, made by it's Mike Doty that... from uh, Trick or Treat fame. Yeah. And much like Trick or Treat, like it manages to walk that line where when it feels like being a little bit scary it manages to be a little bit scary but then it's still super fun so you can kind of watch it like I feel like Krampus is a movie you could watch with like the whole family kind of thing depending on how old your kids are but you, you, you could really just sit down and enjoy it and have a good time it has those creepy moments but they don't go too far and early on when the the teenage daughter's out in the snowstorm and they're not sure where she went it's like a little scary yeah yeah because you never really see what happens to her she just sort of disappears for yeah. the rest of the movie and it really uh it commits to the christmas theme you know what i mean a lot of it seems like a lot of christmas horror movies that's a problem they're like we'll just throw some christmasy shit in here yeah and, and call it a day and but this one's like oozes christmas Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's Mike Doty uh, really leaning into the folklore of Krampus and really putting you like in the middle of everything rather than keeping everything on the sidelines. It's like, nah, this entire neighborhood is going to go into a giant snowstorm and be overtaken by Krampus and all of his crazy uh, creatures. It's so good. Yeah, it's a. Uh... I'm really just Mike Doherty needs to make a movie for each holiday and we could just have them <laughs> every, every month you put in your Mike Doherty film that suits for that 
that whatever that month's holiday is to make one up for like June when there's no holidays but flag day yeah. uh, maybe it is the last day of school <laughs> uh, do you guys not have flag day up there in Canada I guess I don't <laughs> this is gonna shock you I don't know what flag day is right. if we have it here I, I don't know it's not a big holiday here I'm just it's the only one that can make a he can make a Columbus Day one and it could just be a documentary about fucking Christopher Columbus (laughs) alright 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 let's move on before we get ourselves into a political discussion Father's Day is Father's Day in June up there I don't know (laughs) alright do a a remake of Parents for Fathers and Mothers Day (laughs) I'd love to see a remake of Parents with the Michael Doherty. Uh, uh, so, what are you guys as number three then? Well, Doug's yours was Rare Exports, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, my number three is the movie, the French movie Inside. Okay. A uh, really fucked up movie of a woman on Christmas Eve being stalked around her own house by a crazy lady who wants to cut the baby that's inside of her in the lady's stomach out and run away with the baby. That old story again. Yeah. Sure. It's everybody. a really, really good movie. <laughs> it is a really good fucked up movie. Um, yeah. Like I'm getting yeah, creeped it, out even thinking about the movie. It's, it's so upsetting. It's so effective. It's just the whole movie you just feel bad for that main character and you're just like what the fuck like how can something this evil be happening <laughs> and that yeah. final shot like that final shot of that movie is just so fucking eerie of the well, whichever character survives sitting in that rocking chair and you're just like oh fuck <laughs> it's so creepy and weird yeah it's fantastic if you have not seen inside I highly recommend it I have not seen the remake, so I do not recommend watching that one. Uh, Check out the original French one. Yeah. I think when you say you recommend it, though, it's like, be careful. It's not an easy (laughs) film to watch. No. It's not one you want to just, like, like, if you own it, don't lend it to your friends. Like, unless they're prepared for (laughs) it. You know what I mean? You have to really know your friend, otherwise they're going to judge you when they give it back. Yeah. I may Have I told the story on the podcast before about at a time my niece asked me if she could watch a movie and I said yeah watch whatever you want and I fucking came home and she was watching Inside she was like 17 <laughs> there's a little friend sitting here and I'm like oh when I said whatever you want okay no I didn't mean this one <laughs> <laughs> now did you let her finish watching it I'm assuming like, yeah. you just walked in and they're sitting on the couch both faces frozen in horror <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah so I ended up like taking, I had a collection of movies that I took off of my shelf for a while. <laughs> it was like that, like Cannibal Holocaust and a couple others where I'm just like, these ones are going to go over here. And when people say, can I watch it? You can watch anything you want over there, okay. not over here. These ones are the ones you're not allowed to watch. <laughs> it would be rough. It would be like, like, hey, uh, this is our first date. Let's watch this movie together. Like you would, <laughs> no, yeah. you would end up yeah. probably on a list at the uh, police station. They would have called and been like, 
you need to watch this person on our first date. He showed me inside, and now I fear for my life. Extremely well-made movie, extremely effective. Not for everybody. (laughs) God. Yeah, the only reason that one's not on my list is because until I was putting this list together, I had forgotten that it was set on Christmas Eve. So to my (laughs) mind, I went, okay, well, then it's not Christmassy enough. (laughs) But I can't argue that it's an extremely well-made movie. All right. So I think that your number two is Krampus. Correct. So, and my number two is Krampus. So, Noah, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Santa's sleigh. Bill Goldberg. Oh. No, fuck, fuck you guys. It's it's. <laughs> uh, did I say anything? Because actually, I was gonna save it, but Santa's sleigh is my number one. Come on. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, yeah, I thought I, this was the one you were going to be mad about people having on their list. What, Santa Slay? No, I yeah. love Santa Slay. Oh. We talked about this I watched, Yeah, I watch it, I watch it every year. So do I. It's, it's, it's part of my rotation. And it is, I don't, so, it is the perfect, campy, goofy, stupid <laughs> uh, Christmas horror movie. I mean, I don't think... Like, like I said, I think Jack Frost kind of gives it a run for its money with the, like, campiness of it. But Santa Slay is definitely a better made movie than Jack Frost is. <laughs> yeah, Santa Slay is a professional movie. Jack Frost isn't. I like Jack Frost a lot more. But uh, I can't argue if you're talking about which is the technically the higher quality film. <laughs> I don't think there's much discussion. James Caan is in this movie. Come on. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. Why, <laughs> that opening scene, it's like, how do they get everyone there? What did they lie to them about? What pictures do they have on these people? How did Chris Kattan get the time off work at Target? <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard the story of why that scene existed? We talk about that when we reviewed this. Probably, but it's been a whole year. Back a year ago, that that the director was, they were basically sitting around talking. They're like, "Who are a bunch of people who you would want to see killed on screen?" <laughs> <laughs> and they just went and they got all those people to be in that one scene. And you know, they only had to shoot for like a couple hours, so they didn't run up too much of the budget and just murdered them all on screen. And we're done with it. <laughs> So in case somebody's not seen it, what is Santa Slay? Uh, Santa Slay is about Santa Claus, who is the son of Satan, apparently, uh, who was beaten by an angel in a game of curling. <laughs> because, yeah, so that's the way the world is. And uh, for however long, what was it, like 100 years or something? A thousand years. He had a thousand, a thousand years instead of... Uh, coming up on his birthday which is christmas and causing uh, a shit storm of devastation he had to instead be nice and give people presents <laughs> and this is the year where that shit ends and santa goes on the warpath uh, so good instead of reindeer he has a demonic buffalo that he flies around on his sleigh <laughs> kills a bunch of women at a strip club which is fantastic. 
So he's about to ready to rip the pole out of the ceiling, but before he does, he's like, ugh, picks up the little spray bottle and wipes it down. <laughs> I think we had about a 10 minute discussion about that scene last year. <laughs> uh, it's so good. <sighs> yeah. If somebody's seen it, I believe it's on YouTube. Everybody should watch it for their Christmas viewing this year. It's just, it is almost bizarre how well they nail that movie. They just, they stick that landing in every way you could have stuck the landing for something that just shouldn't work. It works. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. That one doesn't make my top five. Just, I think we, uh, we kind of got into this debate last year where I said I don't love it the way you guys love it, but I I, I, I am glad you guys enjoyed it as much as you do. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't dislike it. I think I was just not blown away the way you guys are. I love it so much that because uh, it's been on YouTube like free to watch forever that I went and purchased a legitimate copy of it just so that I would have it. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. I uh, I own a physical copy of it, and I still bought a digital copy of it just to make sure there will never be a time when I can't watch it if I want to. Exactly. All right. Doug, what's your number one? I mean, I had to do it. It's, uh, it's Gremlins. Nice. Right. Yeah, it's... Mine... Uh, Mine is also Gremlins. <laughs> yeah. I almost didn't put it on the list just because it's too obvious, but then I'm like, mm. I can't. I can't disrespect Gremlins. I can't do it. <laughs> it's just... I mean, when I was rewatching it this year, I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I, I guess... Maybe I, maybe I didn't watch it last year or something, but I, I felt like... I don't know, I forgot just how good it is. I thought how how excellently it walks that line between a horror film and like a family friendly comedy <laughs> and just everything about it is perfect Dick Miller's great that old lady that's essentially the Wicked Witch of the West it's just it's ridiculous and over the top but because this movie was made in the 80s that doesn't seem outlandish to me for things to be ridiculous and over the top <laughs> and I just love everything about it I was at dinner tonight and over the speaker, they started playing, uh, do you hear what I hear? And I immediately got creeped out. <laughs> there must've been a gremlin skulking around in the building that I was going to have to throw into a microwave and kill it. Char, Char got mad at me the other day. Cause we were in the kitchen and that, and for some reason, like she was singing that song and I was like, Ah, Gremlins. And she goes, <laughs> you know this was a song before that movie existed. And I was like, it is irrelevant. <laughs> that is the song. That is the goddamn Gremlins song and everyone knows yeah. it. I don't I don't know if I do know that that was the song before Gremlins. <laughs> There's something about the timing when Gremlins came out, too. It was just that perfect era with those, you know, along with Goonies and I think what do you, you commonly refer to them as the kids on bikes movies? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah. You know, like, just that era, they just nailed that atmosphere that was just perfect. It makes those movies feel timeless, even though they're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're objectively not, because they, I mean, obviously the technology is limited to the 80s and stuff, but I feel like it's got, a, it's got a Corey in it, like, 
<laughs> Corey Feldman dressed up as a Christmas tree in this fucking movie. What more do you want out of life? <laughs> I feel like it was Spielberg back then. Like, yeah, that's just where he was, and whether he was directing or producing, you just like that energy just came through. Like, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work so much now, but back then, there was just yeah, there was it was magic yeah, essentially. Whatever it's, was going on over at Amblin, it was working. Like it just was, right? Yeah. It's it's interesting that the changes they made to the rating system after Gremlins was made. <laughs> that if that had happened before Gremlins was made, Gremlins would have never been made. No, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Gremlins, it's uh, objectively, like yeah, like I could see it getting an R rating. It's that violent, and I just don't think that people would have ever made this if that was the case yeah not it's enough so or they would have made it and toned it way down which would have been terrible yeah, yeah and it would have been shit I think yeah. it's Gremlins is one of the few movies that it is a perfect movie there is nothing in this movie that needs changed cut back you don't don't uh, fuck with it don't, don't like never do anything to Gremlins if they ever remake Gremlins dumbest fucking thing you could ever fucking do You'll, you'll never recapture that match. I always think about, like, the scene in the bar where, like, Phoebe Cates' character is still serving them. And I remember loving that scene as a kid, and I love that scene as an adult. And it's just, it's funny and ridiculous. And the fact that she continues to sell them beer instead of just leaving is just this <laughs> insane thing that's going on. And I'm just like, I... I'd, you would never pull that off. If you're making a movie, this movie today, you'd have to choose. If this is an adult movie, you'd make it a lot more vile if this is a kids movie you wouldn't even be allowed to have a scene set in a bar so that you would never get that moment and it's just no smoking no drinking yeah yeah like monsters in kids movies today never get drunk i don't know why <laughs> what is it it's amazing you could take like i don't even know how many puppets they had but i mean you could easily say they took 10 puppets and just made them have different personalities every time they yeah. shot a scene and like personalities that were believable it's like yeah I believe this is its own character it's not the same puppet that I just saw 10 minutes ago in another scene right? which is fantastic and hard to do when you have that many uh, I don't know characters like if you think about the theater scene how many gremlins there actually are Say like, Jesus Christ! You're right, though they they do all feel a little different. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, and we haven't even talked about how perfect Gizmo is yet. Like <laughs> that's another thing that I don't think happens as much today as happened back then. Was like you think about an R2D2 or a Gizmo, they were able to take these non-human characters and give them just enough human characteristics to just make them lovable. And they, they almost made there were more lovable because they didn't have human flaws. They only had <laughs> the cute parts of being a human. And it's... Gizmo is just, like, my favorite thing ever. I still smile every time he comes on screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my my Gremlins tradition is Gremlins is the movie I watch at Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 The, the shot of him playing that little arcade game... And he's just like having a, or is he playing arcade? No, the the uh, the evil Mogwai are playing the game. 
But he's right. just sitting there having a good time, and they someone like spits like a bunch of gross looking <laughs> spit, and he just looks at him like, "What the fuck? I wasn't oh, even shit. bothering you guys." It's like that's what you get for being all happy and shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, such a good movie. Yeah, it's it's really genuinely great. Um. It is definitely a Christmas movie. I mean, it's mm-hmm. wouldn't exist without Christmas. The stuff with like the dad is even fun. The weird inventions and shit. <laughs> You're just like, what is going on with this movie? Yeah, the, the nice shot from below is <laughs> Billy walks up to the to the juicing machine, and he's yeah. like, "Oh fuck, this is not going to be good." <laughs> <laughs> The only kind of missed opportunity in the movie is when the mom's killing like 15 gremlins. You should have used more of the inventions in that kitchen. <laughs> Everything had just finally paid off. So that stupid thing that he has for cracking eggs, he shoots it on a gremlin's head or something. <laughs> Fucking fly swatter gun or whatever. Although we do get that pretty awesome scene of Billy charging in and then cutting a gremlin's head off with a sword. As it flies into the fireplace. Yeah, because why not? (laughs) Oh, that shot of that thing. That that shot of that head in the fire pit, like burning, is so good. (laughs) The fact that there's just swords in use all of a sudden, nobody brings it up ever again. (laughs) Gremlin in the fireplace is good. I think Gremlin in the microwave might be the best one. That might be good, the best one. It's. Yeah, I don't know. My favorite shot is probably Gremlin in the fire pit, but the best kill is definitely the explosion in the microwave. (laughs) I wonder if there's a Yule log that's just the Gremlin's head burning for, like, hours. That would be amazing. There should be. There isn't, but there should be. If there was, I'd know about this. Now I'm wishing... No, I don't have a fireplace. Now I'm wishing there was an electric fireplace that just (laughs) instead of a normal fire, it was just the gremlin's head burning. Let's see. YouTube. Gremlins. Come on. Catch up. Yule log. Half an hour. Fan-made Christmas log using a scene of gremlins. (laughs) I know what's going up on my screen at Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's not great, but it's it's a good try at least. Probably too much camera movement during that scene, but do what you can. Yeah. Well. I know there is one that's five hours of Darth Vader on fire from the end of Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right. Anything else about our top five? Does anybody have any honorable mentions that they wanted to throw out there? Uh, since we weren't allowed to use, which, I mean, there was no set rule. We all just sort of decided not to do it. Um, short films, which I would include episodes in that. Uh, the All Through the House episode of Tales from the Crypt is pretty fantastic. With the mom from uh, yeah. from Goonies trying to keep Larry Drake out of her house. It's one of my favorite uh, Christmas watches. That one's really good, yeah. The other, in short films, we should probably mention Treevenge. 
That's a super oh, fun yeah. one. Christmas tree taking the revenge on people for killing them. Treevenge is fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while, but I really want to rewatch it. It's, is that Ken Forey in that? Am I thinking correctly? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suppose we got to give an honorable mention to uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> Two movies in one. Because essentially it's it's just Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then he screams Garbage Day. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I do think the one that I didn't, I almost included on my list because I think it's the one that's going to piss Noah off, but I didn't put it on here, is uh, Christmas Evil. Ugh. <laughs> so bad. It's so dumb and crazy. I, I actually enjoy watching it. Um, it's which this conversation weird. should it's, be going the other way. By the way, it's an entire. It's an well. My problem with it. So I've said it a thousand times. The only thing that will turn me off of a bad movie is if it's just boring. And Christmas Evil so fucking boring. Like you wait the whole movie and you keep thinking something's gonna happen and then nothing fucking happens. Like he stabs the one dude in the eye, which is pretty dope. And, yeah. and and that's it. That's the only thing that happens in that whole movie. His van flies and it has like a sleigh painted on it. Isn't that yes, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> and, and either either he flew away and there really is Christmas murder magic, or he drove off that bridge and died and was hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, and we'll never know because I like that ambiguous ending. It's uh, it's nice. It's nice to have a holiday uh, holiday movie that confirms the existence of magic once in a while. <laughs> I, yeah, I gotta say, I, I watched it a few years ago, and that visual of that van flying had been in my head my whole life, and I had no idea where it came from, so I must have watched it when I was a little kid, which seems right, because it was the 80s, and nobody stopped you from doing things like that. In the crazy, it's directed by John Waters, right? I have no idea. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's right. Christmas Evil? Yeah. I don't think so, but let me look. Uh, Lewis Jackson. I could have sworn it was a John Waters movie. Lewis Jackson directed three movies. The Deviates, The Transformation, colon, A Sandwich of Nightmares, which will be going on the list because anything called The Transformation, colon, A Sandwich of Nightmares is something we need to watch. Uh, and Christmas Evil. All right. So yeah, there's also like that weird scene where he goes dancing that we should talk about, but whatever. Oh no, John John Waters just was a huge uh, proponent of this film. It does seem like something he would enjoy. Yeah, because of how dumb it is. Uh, Transformation of Sandwich of Nightmares. Novice Baxter falls in love with exotic singer M- Mitchell. So like Michelle, but with a T right after the I. So Mitchell, who turns out to be the high priestess of a cult he's investigating. The fictional part of the film is bookended with behind the scenes footage of the production. What? What? (laughs) How can that be? That can't be right. 
John, John Waters says that Christmas Evil is the greatest Christmas movie ever made. <laughs> Apparently, if you buy it on uh, uh, one of the physical medias, there is a John Waters commentary on the movie. Oh, perfect. That's, that is probably that's worth almost worth a... To. Yeah, I was going to say, that's almost worth a rewatch. Uh, any other honorable mentions? The only other one I had was uh, well, we've we've talked about Jack Frost a bit here, and we I think we discussed it on a show a while back, so people will know our full thoughts. <laughs> but I uh, I wanted to mention Better Watch Out, which I know you guys did not enjoy, or at no. least Brian you didn't enjoy, and I did. It's the sort of the one that was marketed as the horror movie version of Home Alone, which it's not mm-hmm. really that, but. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was dark and twisted and just fun. And uh, it's it's, a, it's one I'd recommend. We won't get into it too much because I know how much you didn't like it. So yeah, I just I don't know. I think it, it. I didn't hate it. It just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't live up to my uh, viewing of the trailer. I was way more excited about the trailer than I was the actual movie. I think that's sort of what happened with me with, uh, with that French one is I was like I was hoping for something and I didn't get it um, mm-hmm. but with Better Watch Out I don't know I just thoroughly enjoyed the twists and turns that it took even though they weren't what I was expecting did we did last week whenever we mentioned uh, Deadly Games did we mention the scene where that, that guy gets shot in the neck with uh, uh darts from a crossbow <laughs> I think no. we forgot to bring that up and and by darts I mean like dartboard darts that yeah. he just puts into two crossbows and like they both shoot the guy in the neck at the same time because the guy has two crossbows but he has no arrows it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think it through <laughs> most of that movie doesn't make sense he cut a hole in the floor and built a trap door in their hallway before the movie ever starts. That's pre-movie starting. <laughs> There's multiple trap doors in that movie, actually. And that old man spends an awful lot of time standing still in a suit of armor. <laughs> but, you know, I guess that's technically a spoiler. <laughs> mm, I have to watch this movie. Yeah, it. again, I didn't like it. I still think you should watch it, just to... <laughs> Just to experience it, yeah. I did see. I think to get a. My, I think my biggest complaint is it takes too long to get going, and like, uh, I think it could have used a couple more kills throughout the movie. Like maybe they yeah. should have shown him killing the keepers and stuff, and just some randoms on the way to the house, maybe. Right. So, something. It's just missing. It's it's like it's got it, it should be a really really good movie, but it's missing some stuff. I don't I don't know what's up with that. And I I mean I'm, I complained about the slow motion last week, but there's a lot of I think issues like that with the filmmaking where you're just like you're spending time on the wrong things and things aren't shot in as exciting way as they could be. So it's more like a bad movie with effective moments from my perspective. Hmm. So, I think we're we're close on it. I think you're just a little bit more forgiving of it than I am. 
Well, you know, I'm I'm always going to forgive something whenever it's a batshit crazy idea, and that movie is a batshit crazy idea. Yeah. It's the super genius kid from a Disney movie taking on a menacing pedophile that brutally murders a dog. Yeah. With a plot description like that, I don't know how you could go wrong. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Alright, we do have one piece of feedback. Noah, do you want to give it a read? Sure. I'll pull it back up here. Uh, it's from Raccoon. Also known as Riku. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, as a kid, I absolutely loved the Phantom, so I had to bring up something that you guys didn't. How awesome was the scene of him riding down the elevator shaft with his guns? That moment made the entire movie for me. <laughs> also, I wanted to share my favorite horror movies. Uh, so his are number five, A Christmas Story. Uh, Christmas Horror Story, sorry. I missed a, missed a word, different movie. <laughs> very, very different movie. Very different movie. Uh, I don't know, that one's okay. I didn't, I didn't much care for it. Uh, no, Silent I... Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, number four. Surprisingly, number three, the original Black Christmas. I feel like mm. that's way too low. I'm yeah. actually pretty upset about this. No, <laughs> that that movie has to be number one on your list, or your list is wrong. All right. Uh, I, I think, yeah. The, everything else, there's room for debate on, but that one there is just—it's so fucking good. Even if you put it, even if you you put it at number two, you deserve like a thorough stink eye. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But three's just too much. Yeah, it's upsetting. Uh, number two, Santa Slay, and number one, Krampus. Mm. So, all in all, I would say good list, wrong order. Yeah, yeah. not a terrible list again. Yeah, it's that Black Christmas. That's the that's the bad part. Yeah, yeah, it's in the wrong that. spot. Yeah, you're not allowed to write in anymore. Which once again, the one the one weird thing about the Black Christmas, which I I I don't know if we talked about this the other day, or if I was just texting you guys about it, but Black Christmas clearly best Christmas horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. But Gremlins better movie than Black Christmas, but not better Christmas horror movie than Black Christmas. <laughs> This was something you texted us. You had a several text long discussion with yourself about this. I did. I just sat back and let it go. I'm like, let's see where he ends up. And you just. These are, these are the strange, strange machinations that happen inside of my brain. I don't understand the physics problem that explains how that works, but clearly it does. Because if you asked me, is Gremlins a better movie than Black Christmas? I'd have to say yes, but better. Christmas horror movie? No. <laughs> uh, sure. 
You have a lot Tell of me serious, I'm wrong. Problems. I mean, I think if I could, I, I, I think we 100% agree that Black Christmas is the better Christmas horror movie. I think we can have a debate over which is the better movie. You'd have to determine how you're measuring that. Because <laughs> obviously, like from a horror perspective, Black Christmas is a more effective horror film, right? Well, mm-hmm. correct. But Gremlins is a better movie. Just overall. I think that's the whole trick. Overall, Gremlins is a better movie. I think it's just, I think it, you get into this whole thing when you're trying to compare movies that are clearly from different subgenres that maybe you just shouldn't even try. You're just going to hurt your head. True. Yeah. Fair enough. I would say if we included it, I know that uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night would fall behind both those two. Because mm. I like Silent Night, Deadly Night, but I love Gremlins way more than I like Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'm not as much a fan of Silent Night, Deadly Night as other people seem to be. Mm. I think it, it, you know, it certainly belongs in the discussion when we're doing lists like this. But it would have been—he would have been hard for me to put it on the list. It was hard enough for oh. me to get the list narrowed down to these movies. Honorable mention: I think we skipped over. Did we talk about the Tales from the Crypt episode? Uh, yes. Okay. You were ignoring us when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I must have zoned out there. I said the mom from Goonies tries to keep Larry Drake out of her house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, also the the segment from the old anthology yep. that does the same story which was actually really effective as well I haven't mm-hmm. seen it in a while but I enjoyed that quite a bit <laughs> alright uh, has anybody watched anything since last week uh, nope <laughs> nothing <laughs> had like four days uh, I watched Mandalorian <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. That's, that's a different segment of the show. Don't jump ahead. <laughs> I think I'm. Tr- I'm trying to think if I think that's it. I don't think I watched anything else. What about you, Doug? Uh, well, since we're recording this about you know 46 hours and 55 minutes before I get to see Star Wars Episode Nine, <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. Uh, I did rewatch uh, episodes seven and eight since we last spoke. Oh, those are on my list as well. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I like both of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's really interesting is I think, like, Force Awakens is the one that everyone just absolutely loved seeing it in theaters. Uh, it played really heavy on the nostalgia elements and all that, bringing back the original cast for the first time. And I find, though it's so much of a rehash of a new hope that like on rewatch I'm like yeah like I'm still enjoying watching it but it almost feels like you're watching a remake and it um, that didn't bother me it's again it's not it's not necessarily a criticism of the movie it's just a I mean it it plays into my what I'm going to say about The Last Jedi which is that because it kind of bucked expectations and did something different and weird I think on rewatch, I actually prefer Last Jedi, mm-hmm. which is not something I would have thought I would have said a year ago when that movie came out, or 
two years ago now. Um, I, I'm really surprised how much better Last Jedi holds up than Force Awakens. Again, still like both movies. Still, I mean, I'm. I, I had gotten into, into some debates on Instagram with people when I posted about watching these movies, and I ended up just saying, "Look, I'm physically incapable of disliking a Star Wars movie. It's, it's, it's part of who I am as being a Star Wars fan." So. You know that means everything I say should be taken with a grain of salt, but it also means I like both. I like all the new movies. Um, yeah, like I say, with Force Awakens, I just find it's it's a little too aware that it's it's intentionally hitting you with the nostalgia. It's intentionally hitting beats from the previous movies, and you're like, yeah, we get it. But what do you have that's original? You know. Black Stormtrooper trading sides. Yeah. Blue Skywalker drinking some weird green titty milk from a giant sea monster. That's, that's not till last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say my, my one criticism of the new trilogy, um, they obviously wanted to have, they wanted to recreate the three main characters, right? Like they wanted to have, and they, they play with it, right? With making the female one, the Jedi and stuff like that. It does feel forced when you watch these movies. Like in Force Awakens, Poe Dameron does not have much to do. He's in the opening scenes. He's our introduction to Finn. But if he had just died in that TIE fighter crash on Jakku, like it wouldn't have changed the movie at all if he had just died at that moment. Well, I think he was supposed to die, wasn't he? And they decided at the last minute to change it because they really liked his character or something I don't know but I like he's just gone he comes back at the end and they act like it's a big deal but it's not really a big deal Hmm. and then like conversely in Last Jedi I find it's Finn that gets sent off on that mission to the forget the name of the planet now that has the casino on it Hmm. and you're kind of like this feels like you invented this side story to give him something to do Whereas the other characters are actually doing things that are relevant to the main plot. Not to say that the the trip to the casino is completely irrelevant, but it does feel like you could have told... Like, this could have been a two-hour movie and they never went on that trip, and you just have some other mechanism for finding these codes, basically. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes with the third one. I assume Ray is not going to feel irrelevant. That's not how they're going to work it. So. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. It just it seemed it seems like they were trying to recreate the idea of your like your, your trio of main characters. And I'm not sure how successful they were at doing that. Mm-hmm. The thing I, the thing I really like in in uh, Last Jedi though is I'm glad they kept Poe Dameron around because having his story kind of contrast with Luke's story, I think really makes the film work. Like the way he is having to learn to take a back seat at the same time as Luke is having to learn that it's his responsibility to step up, I think shows that it's kind of the message of the movie that everybody has their role to play and they need to do what they need to do in order to sort of win for the greater good. And, uh, if he wasn't there, I don't know. They'd have to invent a character to have that same plot line. But they probably could have just had it be a different person, and it wouldn't have really mattered. But it all works. Mm-hmm. Anyways, 
What are your uh, thoughts, bro? Hold on. I was researching this Poe Dameron. Supposed to, supposed to die in Force Awakens. Apparently, apparently, he was supposed to... His character was supposed to die, and then while they were doing pre-production, uh, Oscar Isaac was talking with Kathleen Kennedy, and apparently his death would have been very similar to a character he played in the Bourne legacy. Okay. Uh, That's why they kept him alive. Uh, he was just kind of apprehensive, like, man, I already played somebody who died this way. And, uh, do, 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 do. um, I don't know. They don't go into like big detail about it, but apparently he was originally supposed to die. They decided during pre production not to, but then they didn't have a whole lot for him to do. So that's yeah. kind of why he disappears for a while. Um, yeah, Force Awakens, I still enjoyed it. You know, I don't know. Some people feel it's a rehash. I just. I'm fine with it. Um, and then Last Jedi, I really like it. A lot of people hate it. Um, I don't know. I like the fact that basically he's telling Star Wars fans to stop worrying about shit and just enjoy the journey you're on rather than yep. be, being so worried about if everything's important or if nothing's important or whatever. It's just like, just... Nothing's important. Don't fucking worry about it. Yeah, but I need to know all the minutiae. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, when at the beginning of the movie, when Luke Skywalker just throws that lightsaber over his shoulder, I was like, oh, fuck yes. Yes. We're just going to say, hey, don't worry about shit. Let's just enjoy the journey we're on. And I was well, yeah. completely on board. Yeah, I think there's there's that element of it, and I think there's also just the idea of like, like the, if Luke had just been this super powerful Jedi and he just showed up and you know used the Force to turn Kylo Ren's ships around and make them fly away or something, it's mm-hmm. like that's not as interesting character wise as having him be someone who has chosen to turn his back and he has to learn to come and. You know, ultimately sacrifice himself to um, basically to become the legend that people want him to be I find that a very interesting storyline the idea that mm-hmm. kind of him as a symbol it's, it's the Batman thing right him as a symbol mm-hmm. is more powerful than yeah. him as an actual warrior yeah. I mean in, yes it's true that one man can't stand up with a laser sword and take on the entire <laughs> first order but one but that's, man can stand that's up. what you do yeah, one man can stand up to the and encourage everyone else to stand up too, right? And mm. it's yeah, I, it, it's a really, I think it's a really effective messaging. I know some people don't like it. Mm. I find the the opening scenes where he's like, I always say people wanted him to be Obi Wan Kenobi, and then when he shows up, he's acting like he's Yoda. And I'm thinking, well, that makes sense. He was trained by both of them. How are you know? <laughs> I also think they do a better job in Last Jedi than they do in Force Awakens of delving into the the Force stuff and the Jedi stuff. Like mm-hmm. they have an everything that Rey does in that movie is better explained. Like when she picks up 
a lightsaber in Force Awakens for the first time and goes one-on-one with Kylo Ren, you're just like, uh, it's a little bothersome if you're one of those people who takes Star Wars too seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they have the, the dialogue in Jedi in Last Jedi to say, like, yeah, okay, she's got this sort of, like, unnaturally strong connection to the Force that gives her this raw power that nobody really understands and you see Luke Skywalker being scared of that and that kind of tells you what you need to know so mm-hmm. I think to me it's 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 handled better in that movie they at least try to address it and they don't just kind of I feel like yeah. they respect the lore more mm-hmm. yeah and now I'm worried that J.J. Abrams is just going to retcon all that stuff when I, we see the new movie I I honestly like I'm going in with hopes high I the fact that Palpatine comes back to me in whatever form I don't know how what, what that what that's going to look like yet but I'm mm-hmm. excited for that but I, I don't want J.J. Abrams back I wanted a third new director mm-hmm. I mean that's part of part of the fun of the original trilogy is that every movie is its own unique experience um, and I wanted that here you know, I wanted each movie to be directed by somebody different. I liked the idea that, you know, J.J. Abrams opened up certain questions and then Ryan Johnson was like, yeah, no. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're just, who could raise parents be? It doesn't fucking matter. Nope. Oh, okay. That was kind of a, that was a good twist from my perspective. I don't, not every character has to ha- have this deep history to them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm nervous that JJ is going to retcon it and try to go back, and all of a sudden, I mean, we already know that the lightsaber that was destroyed in Last Jedi has been reassembled. We see that in the trailer, um, mm-hmm. which in and of itself, that's not particularly problematic as long as that's not what the whole movie is. Yeah, yeah if that's not a metaphor for the entire movie. Yeah, <clears throat> like if the whole movie is him going back and you know rewriting things, we'll see. And I still like when you hear the title Rise of Skywalker, you're like, well, what does that what does that fucking mean? Mm-hmm. Like, is it physically going to be like a Skywalker rising from the grave? That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, you know, as much as that would be a retcon of what happened in the last movie, that'd be fucking a neat twist. Um, or, you know, is it going to mean, could it just be referencing Kylo Ren coming back to the light side? Could it be whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know yet. I guess I we're down to 47 hours, like 15 minutes before we get to find out. So, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, are we seeing a uh, Luke Force ghost? I mean, I feel like we kind of have to, right? We're seeing a Luke Force ghost. I, even if, like, even if, like, my original theory, my original comments were correct and they're bringing Luke back to, to life, I mm. think we'd uh, still get a Luke Force ghost in there somewhere. Mm. Which I'm fine with. I... I like the the idea that because it was it goes right back to a new hope the idea that Ben Kenobi allowed him to be himself to be struck down because he's actually more powerful as this Force ghost than he is mm-hmm. as an actual human. I kind of like that idea, and I'd like to see Luke, you know, training Ray from beyond the grave kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it's not a disaster, but I guess we'll see. The reviews are not sounding good. Well, yeah, but it I depends tra- on. I don't look, trust Star Wars reviews. 
The thing with that is, it's like every like if you go to the kind of everybody's online is like, oh, the reviews are terrible. Oh, okay, and then you're like, but a lot of those are written by people who haven't seen the movie. It's people. It's people who are writing these articles are not people who fucking know what they're talking about. And I just people wanted to fail. They they desperately wanted to fail, and they're trying to encourage that. Incels don't like that the main character is a woman. I was gonna say I don't want it to fail. I want it to be awesome. I just don't think it's yeah. gonna be awesome. I don't know. I'm like rewatching Last Jedi really got my hopes up because I really I like that movie a lot more now. But now I realized also that I'm watching a movie by the guy who did Force Awakens. Not uh, now I'm stressed. <laughs> See, I, there it goes I rewatched it once. But I rewatched it after I rewatched Rogue One, and my feelings were the exact same. I was like, "Oh no, Rogue One's awesome, and this movie is not." <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't have. A, I don't feel the need to compare Rogue One to these movies. It's a different thing. Um, I like Rogue One is, in my opinion, probably the best thing that's come out in the new era of Star Wars. I agree with that. Mm. That's probably the best thing to come out since the original trilogy. That's. Uh-huh. I don't. Although on Mandalorian's giving it a run for the money, yeah, yeah, it made Darth Vader badass again, which we desperately needed after the prequels. Yeah, you know what was weird when I posted on Instagram about uh, about what rewatching the Star Wars movies, the defense of the prequels, those people came right out. They're like, not I didn't get a lot of comments because that's I never get a lot of comments because like our official midnight drive in Instagram has like seven followers and it's <laughs> just Eric that comments usually <laughs> just Eric and occasionally Chris from Toronto. Um, but, uh, you know, people coming out saying like, Whoa, whoa, whoa why bad about the prequels? And I'm like, I wasn't even trying to bad about the prequels. I was just, just making a comment about how these movies had more of a feel like the original trilogy. That's all. I was, I was going to say, you don't, you don't have to bad mouth them. They stand for themselves as bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I don't have the hate for them that other people do. I don't. I mean, they go further and further down the list generally of Star Wars movies. If, if you're ranking them, every movie that comes out seems to manage to find its way to be above the prequels, except for Solo. But. Ooh, shots fired, Ron Howard. So here's the thing: Solo is not good. Solo is still better than the prequels. I would rather watch Solo than any of those fucking movies. The no, no. I I don't think the only one that I and I have to rewatch the prequels in order to have this discussion properly. But I think the only one is Episode Two. It's the only one where I would say like maybe it's comparable to Solo. Mm. Episode One, Episode Three, I definitely I don't again I don't hate those movies. I Episode Three I genuinely think is a good movie, and Episode, episode- One I think is a very interesting movie. Episode one is a giant pile of garbage with one of the best Star Wars fight scenes ever. And that's it. Like the the Darth Darth Darth, Maul? Yeah, the Darth Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn fight is fucking amazing. It's one of the best things ever to happen to Star Wars. And it is smack dab in the middle of a giant pile of shit. See, I I don't feel that way at all about that movie. I'm still curious about his decision to kill off Darth Maul in the first movie. 
they were like building all their publicity and stuff around Darth Maul, and then like, ah, dead. I think he was trying to fuck with people. Maybe. Like I said, I think I think George Lucas is just a fucking asshole. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, there have been lots of examples in history of you you throw a name on a poster and then that person dies, and it bucks expectations, gets people thinking about your movie, talking about your movie. I think they were. They wanted to shock audiences. They wanted to let people know that nobody is safe mm. because your main character, we know the storyline for him, right? So they need to kind of let you know that everybody else is in danger. Yeah. Prequels are prequels are hard. Like, it's hard to make a movie where everybody knows what the outcome is going to be and make it interesting. But Liam Neeson's? <laughs> Liam Neeson's good in that movie. I don't have a problem with him at all. He's fine. It's just a bad movie. It's not his fault. It was a bad movie. <laughs> I think, I honestly think, like, looking back on Star Wars in a whole, and we'll, like, we'll be able to have a more thorough discussion, um, you know, in a couple days. But I really think the mistake was George Lucas should have made his sequel trilogy. We should have got the story of Luke trying to train the young Jedi's. It could we could have still had you know Ben Solo going bad and becoming Kylo Ren, all that stuff could have still happened, but we could have seen that in a movie rather than making the prequels and then making these movies with the cast being that much older. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's that's what I think should have happened. Because um, I think there's like I think there's an interesting story to tell there. You could still have if Harrison Ford wants to do one movie, you could still have that be Ben Solo's moment. That's when he goes to the dark side is when he makes the decision to kill his father that that'd be a pretty dark moment to have in a movie there's, there's a lot of potential there right. and at least they got away from flippy ninja bullshit I don't have a problem <laughs> flippy ninja bullshit you would <laughs> like oh, you know, I mean you said like that there's a giant flip right at the end of that fight scene that you said is one of the best fight scenes to ever happen in Star Wars meh <laughs> <laughs> I'm referring more to the whole uh, the fight scene that has the random pauses in the middle where they're getting separated and stuff. Not not the actual Flippy Ninja shit, because Flippy Ninja shit's fucking stupid. It's just functionally I don't know, it's functionally weird and dumb and like, it's bad. Flippy Ninja shit, the autobiography of Noah. Right. (laughs) Well, there are people with superpowers having a sword fight. So, well, and then the funny thing is, so the first movie came out, and everybody was like, "Yeah, okay, that wasn't very good." And there was all this weird flipping ninja shit, and they're like, "Oh yeah, episode two, way more flipping ninja shit." <laughs> they're like, "We're gonna turn Yoda into a goddamn blender with no safety guard." <laughs> yeah, I was fine with that too. That's not my issue with, with episode two. The biggest problem in that movie is the, uh, first of all, the overuse of CGI. And you're just like, you build one fucking stormtrooper suit, you cheap bastards, just one suit, and have the guys pass it around. And then the other issue I had was with the, uh, that whole fucking thing where 3PO is like going through those machines and getting stuck in there. R2 flies for some reason and they tease Anakin's hand getting cut off and you're like oh just fucking stop no one cares about any of this 
as opposed to episode one where they spend half the movie focusing on pod racing instead of anything that has to do with fucking moving the story forward they gamble on the pod race in order to get the money to fix their ship so the story would not move forward without that right but they could just go we're betting on the pod race and then they go okay it's over he won (laughs) same amount of story same amount of character development (laughs) in that two line sentence no, because you and then you wouldn't get to see Qui Gon cheat by fixing the dice. <laughs> but you wouldn't get to see that uh, horrible stereotype of a junkyard owner uh, lose. <laughs> hey, hey! Don't be angry about the space Jews. They're proud people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> Did you watch anything else, Doug, besides Star Wars? No, that was it. <laughs> only had a couple days. Uh, all right. So, in addition to me also watching The Force Awakens Last Jedi, uh, I watched a couple movies. Um, so, Friday night, Friday 13th, was Joe Bob Briggs' Red Christmas which is a three triple feature Christmas horror movies. I didn't get to see all of them, unfortunately. Was was uh, one of them Red Christmas? No. Uh, the only one I got to see in full, funnily enough, uh, did not did not get to watch Black Christmas. May go back and do it at some point. Did not get to watch uh, all of Jack Frost. Maybe I'll go do do that at another point. But, of course, what I did get to see was Silent Night, Deadly Night Part (laughs) 2. So, technically, I got two movies in one with Joe Bob commentary in between. Did did you, though, or did you get one and a half movies? You got Silent (laughs) Night, Deadly Night, and half of another movie. That's true. So, yeah, that's about the only way I would would watch it (laughs) is with the Joe Bob stuff because... he basically just made fun of the fact that it's just the first movie with an extra 40 minutes tacked on at the end. Garbage day! I would totally watch that again if there was a bunch of people who were familiar with it and who wanted to sit around and make fun of it. Oh, sure. Uh, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the entire episode was set up that all these horror hosts were going to come over for his Christmas party, and then at the last minute they all canceled, so nobody showed up. So he kept insinuating Elvira was going to show up, didn't show up. Spinguli, same thing. So he just he spent the entire thing all pissed off that nobody came to his Christmas party. I'll t- I'll tell you what the the thing that annoys me the most about that is if he would have asked uh, Spinguli to come on his show, you know Spinguli would have came on that oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah, but that was the shtick. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, people like Elvira, that's funny, because if he asked her, she'd be like, no, they turned down my show, fuck you. (laughs) Uh, And then I watched another movie, which I had bought but hadn't watched yet, and it was a 90s movie starring Ted Raimi called Skinner, where he is a dude that apparently likes picking up prostitutes and then skinning them as the name would imply uh then he rents a room 
in a house uh, owned by Ricky Lake. And then it turns out somebody Sorry, who... Sorry, you say that again? Or... Yeah, a house owned by Ricky Lake rents, rents, out, rents out a room to him. Yeah. Um, right. And then he's being followed by one of his previous victims that got away from him, uh, played by Tracy Lords, who uh, she got her, an arm and a leg skinned, but, you know, was able to escape. And now she, you know, has all this scar tissue and she's trying to hunt him down to stop him. Uh, so we find out he likes to skin prostitutes and then wear wear a giant skin suit. Uh, give you one guess what serial killer it's based off of. Whatever you said in your head, you were right. Was, 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 that, was that rhetorical? Pretty much. <laughs> so, so I just need to back up for a second. So this sure. movie stars Ted Remy, Ricky Lake, mm-hmm. and Tracy Lords. You are correct. It's the fucking craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's definitely one of those '90s movies that was probably on like fucking Showtime or Cinemax or whatever. Uh, a lot in rotation at night. I mean, there's not really like a ton of nudity or anything, but some of the gore is pretty good. But, uh, yeah, overall, not good. Just not good. It, it seems like it's trying to make itself be like a serious, like, creepy horror movie. But then there's times where you could tell they told Ted Raimi just to kind of act crazy and do whatever and you don't tell a Raimi to do that unless you're ready for full Three Stooges craziness yeah it's a dangerous game to play (laughs) so it didn't really it didn't really mesh very well so I don't know that's unfortunate I guess I mean I don't know spoiler alert there's a guy at his work who they don't get along very well and the gentleman is an African American. Um, he gets mad at him one last time. Cut to the next scene where he is dressing up in that dude's skin. So at some point he killed him and skinned him. But then he's walking around talking in a voice like this. And I'm like, Ted, no, that's uh, not. That's not. That's not right. Don't be doing that. <laughs> So yeah, it's just a weird movie that's not great. Not not weird in a good way, unfortunately. But I don't know. Maybe it has some fans. I think it was just re sort of like rediscovered and re-released within the past year or two. Probably from like vinegar syndrome or something. But yeah. Very odd. Although I don't know how how I can explain a movie starring Ted Raimi, Ricky Lake, and Tracy Lords as not being odd, I guess. Is it technically odd, or did it turn out just like it should have? Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, So I guess next week, we're not 100% sure what's going on. We're in the holiday season, so everything gets all jacked up. But it sounds like at least me and Doug will be coming back to talk about the new Star Wars movie. 
Uh, Noah, not so much. Yeah, if I if I randomly have some free time and go see it, I'll let you guys know. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we don't know if that's going to even be released at the regular time, or we don't have it organized yet. So yeah. Fucking Christmas and New Year's being during the week fucks everything up. Yeah, so. Well, uh, this is one of those ironic times of the year where it's like, I'm going to take a bunch of time off work, but I'll be. I'll have less free time than I do when I'm just working <laughs> a regular schedule, so. Motherfucker. That's what you get for having kids, Doug. Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> Fuck, now I gotta spend the holidays with my family? Oh, uh, uh, bullshit. Can you imagine? Ah, uh, boo. <laughs> uh, something that always comes on a regular schedule, except for this week, is The Mandalorian. <laughs> so we can talk about Excellent. last week's Mandalorian. Excellent transition. Yeah. Uh, so last week, we got to see The Mandalorian go on a big heist. With Bill Burr and Clancy Brown. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is Bill Burr doing in this show? Well, I knew he'd been cast in it because he's mentioned it a couple of times. And then like, when he shows up and he's just looking like Bill Burr, I'm like, I just kind of assumed there'd be like a bar scene and Bill Burr would be one of the other guys at the bar or something. It never occurred to me that he'd be like playing a badass. <laughs> like super fucking weird that you hire a comedian for that role but I guess he has that history of showing up and like Breaking Bad and stuff right yeah yeah at least that role had a little bit more comedy to it though I guess yeah yeah I don't know this one had probably the funniest line in Mandalorian history well which one because I think there was a couple that could be contention for that it was the it wasn't a stormtrooper (laughs) Yeah, that one. It was a, just a yeah. great line. I loved how it was delivered with just like pure, like, just <laughs> like, that yeah, straightforward. Like, he's genuinely upset that somebody would think that about him. Yeah, one of the best gunmen I've ever seen. He used to be a stormtrooper. Well, that's not saying much. I wasn't a stormtrooper. <laughs> uh, I thought the other one might have been, uh, like, uh, why don't we see what you look like under the helmet? What are you, a Gungan? And then he did the, uh, Misa see a face or whatever. Yeah, basically made fun of Jar Jar Binks. That was kind of fun. Um, so yeah, he sort of gets hired along with a whole crew of people to go break a guy out of prison. They go, and of course, pretty much everybody turns on him and leaves him, leaves him to be trapped in the prison. But fucking Mando ain't putting up with that bullshit and immediately breaks out of prison and basically just destroys everybody that was on his on his uh, crew I like the fact that the the, basically the second act of this episode is almost like a uh, alien-esque horror movie of of (laughs) the Mandalorian stalking this group of people who think that they just got him good (laughs) The one where he's, I think it's, I think it's actually the Bill Burr character that he's taken out, and the, you see him standing in the hallway, and the lights are flickering, and every time the Mandalorian's closer and closer to him, <laughs> like fuck, this is something out of a, directly out of a horror movie. I loved it. Yeah, it's so good. 
Yeah, the, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the species where they have, like, the tendrils coming off their head? Uh, Twi'leks. Yeah. Well, there's, like, the female one, and they insinuate that there's some bad blood history between them, and then we find out they're going to break out her brother, and that actually her brother's in prison because the Mandalorian did something to get him captured or something. Fucked up a, a job they were all doing. And then uh, as soon as they break that dude out and then the Mandalorian traps them by shutting all the doors and shit. He's like, well, shouldn't we go back for your sister? And he's just like, meh. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I was a big fan of this one. I was... I love that we get to see the Mandalorian. I mean, we've got to see him be a badass but this is like you get to see him essentially you get to see him at his job being a badass to everybody else and yeah. i love that part of it you also get to see him rage murder a bunch of droids <laughs> oh, he loves killing droids <laughs> so good how much did you guys like the uh him trying to fight the Clancy Brown character and just get his ass beat though. <laughs> it's so like because he does that thing where he it's like he like tries to hang him from the ceiling and he just gets pulled right down through the ceiling tiles. You're like, oh yeah, this isn't gonna go well. Turn on my flamethrower. Yeah, that the dude just laughed at me, punched me in the face. Yeah, this this whole episode was nuts from the the get go because I was sitting there and I was like. Is that Bill Burr? No, that's not Bill Burr. It just kind of looks like him. And I was like, no, that's Bill Burr. And then the the red guy walks, you know, and Clancy Brown's and all that makeup, so you don't really know it's him. And then he starts talking, you're like, oh, shit, it's fucking Clancy Brown. And, the, <laughs> yeah. and then the robot walks over and starts talking. I was like, fuck, it's the dude from IT crowd. This fucking, <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? Well, even the, yeah, the organizer guy. That was the had set that crew up. He was from Sons of Anarchy too. So right. like everybody was somebody in this. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Now I guess spoiler for the end of the show. Were you guys disappointed that he didn't kill everybody? No, I feel like we we were seeing a softer Mandalorian now that he's got a baby Yoda to take care. Of. So you think it is fatherhood has gotten to him. Mm. I don't know if that's it. I think part of it's just supposed to be that he doesn't really kill people for the fucking thrill of it. Mm. You know what I mean? He kills people if he needs to. And in this case, he felt like he didn't need to. Yeah. His morals are uh, hard Strange. to pin down. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm. sometimes he's just totally willing to murder whoever, and other times he's not. I don't know. I'm assuming there's some kind of code to it because, you know, if somebody paid him money to kill those people, he would have killed all those people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say maybe he thought it was, like, more embarrassing for them to just be captured. That and so then later when they get out, it's just like, uh, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Like, people just making fun of him. Like, oh, yeah, the Mandalorian just fucking locked you up in the cell just ruin their reputation yeah I mean that might be it I did like the moment when he shows back up and uh he he just he's like uh you said no questions asked right the guy's like yeah I guess 
where, where is everybody else? <laughs> I kind of I liked him leaving the the uh, the distress beacon on yeah. the thing, but but at the same time, it was so predictable. Like because they they had to do that scene where he's in the office, you know, and he's like uh, closing all the doors and stuff, and you see him look right at it. And you're like, oh, he's going to do something with that later. Yeah, I'd even forgot about yeah. though. Like, I was just more focused on him just stalking people and then like, oh, shit, I even forgot about that. That's hilarious. But it, to me, it looks like uh, Sons of Anarchy guy probably got away. I think so. Yeah, I think so, because they show him take off like, you know, he does that thing where he shuffles off and then goes running so I'm assuming he made it to an escape pod or something before those X-Wings blew the shit out of his little base. Maybe. Would anybody catch who the uh, X-Wing pilots were? No. Uh, all three of them are, are the directors for all the episodes this season so far. Oh, okay. I was never going to catch that. Again. No. I didn't either until I saw an article about it. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah. It's a good way to give yourself a role. You know, it wasn't particularly demanding as an actor, so mm. kind of get away with it. I got, a, I got a question. Have the other episodes have re had recaps at the beginning of them? Yeah. I feel like some do and some don't. I was getting ready to say, because I turned this one on, and it had this real long recap at the beginning, and I was like... Oh shit, this episode's finally gonna start tying all this stuff back together and then it's like, no, nope, it's just another <laughs> thing of the I week. Like, I feel like the recap gets longer because they have more to recap. So that's it. <laughs> I know the first episode had like no recap whatsoever in it. I thought that was weird. But... Uh I do like the fact that this episode they minimized uh Baby Yoda. So we mm -hmm. didn't have quite so much fucking baby Yoda drama rather than But he had his he had his little moment. Shit up. Well, he had his weird playing hide-and-go-seek with the fucking robot. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Then he was about to throw down with the force, but didn't need to. Fucking uh, Mando showed I did, up. I did like the fact that he was getting ready to... The, uh, the droid's chest explodes, and like Baby Yoda like looks at his hand like, Oh, shit. Like, what? <laughs> did I do that? I was just a great moment. It was, I fucking I love the way they humanized Baby Yoda. I just I think it's great. <sighs> so how are we feeling about the next episode? The fact they're dropping it the day before the uh, the new movie. I don't know, I, I'm excited enough that I watched Last Jedi previous to tonight, <laughs> just so I can have tomorrow night free to watch that. <laughs> Uh, I feel like some people are maybe looking too much into it. Some people are like, something's going to happen in this episode that's going to set up something in the movie. Do yeah, we think, I don't think so. Do we think it's that tied in, or is it just like, we just don't want people at home on Friday They should be going out and seeing the movie instead? I think the only movie that's tied in even slightly since the uh, new movie started coming out was Rogue One. <laughs> And that was tying into the old movies. I guess Solo kind of did, but not really very well. Mm. I mean, no, I even, 
even episode uh, uh, eight didn't tie in episode seven pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I don't imagine anything's going to happen tomorrow night that I need to see in order to enjoy Rise of Skywalker, but yeah. Mm. Uh... Um, we still haven't figured out who the mysterious figure is that showed up on Tatooine at the end of the episode. Do you think we're going to find that out tomorrow, maybe? I would think so. Tomorrow, tomorrow the last episode? Uh, there's one more after one more. this. So there's two total left. So you got to figure tomorrow's what sets everything up for the finale, and then the finale is... But I don't know. That's using conventional, conventional uh, television logic. Mm-hmm. They don't seem to want to do that. I feel like I don't. I don't know. I I don't like the fact that uh, I was hoping the show was going to be a lot more exploring, like what a Mandalorian is, and you know what I mean, that kind of stuff. And I feel like we got a little bit of that in the first couple episodes, and then they got away from that, and now it's just become a creature of the week style show, hmm. which it's still good. Like it's good and it's fun, but it's it's not what I was hoping it was going to be. I think we might get more of that Mandalorian culture stuff in future seasons if they keep it going. Yeah. Um, I think, think it seems like they were setting up like a new Mandalorian society and we'll, maybe all that will play into longer term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've already started uh, filming season two, so... Yeah, maybe the whole light... Maybe the whole idea of this season was they kind of did a scattergun thing and every episode's, you know, a bit different. And so they could be like, okay, well, people really liked episode two, so the show should be more like episode two. I'm sure there's an element to that. Mm. Yeah. I also think some of the stuff they're doing right now, it's, it'd be real easy to tie back into it later. You know, just go back to that planet and meet up with those people again. And some of that might be for the purposes of finishing off this season, but some of it is probably just to keep that open and have the universe there for when they need it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm imagining that at some point, uh, whether this season or next season, there has to be a moment where all these sort of friends that he's made has to all come back together to help him do something. Let's see. Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to predict. I don't know why we try every week. We're not successful at it. No. And we always enjoy what they do more than what we come up with anyway, so. Yeah. All right. Anything else for a wrap-up? No. Yeah, we're good. I guess we should, should we say Merry Christmas to our audience and shit like that? Sure, why not? All right. Merry All Christmas right. and shit. <laughs> Feliz Navidad. Happy holidays. Turn off other things. <laughs> no, it's only it's only Merry Christmas now. Your president fixed it, and we only say Merry Christmas. We don't say those other ones anymore. <laughs> you know what? Next year for the Christmas episode, we should do a war on Christmas episode and only do completely non-Christmas movies. Bland, bland, religiousless winter movies. <laughs> I could see us doing that by accident. <laughs> if we try, we'll probably fail. 
It's just going to be like Snowpiercer and uh, uh, the Gray or something. <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson punching wolves. I'm all about. I, I do. I do have to say this though, just because I know it's going to piss Noah off, and I want to get one more in this year. Is I'm uh, sorry, no, we can't do Snowpiercer because we did that on the last forecast. So we're actually not allowed to cover it on this. I mean, it's not sweat off my balls. It's an okay movie that a dude's dick gets frozen and shattered. <laughs> Don't try to pretend you're not excited about a movie where that happens. No, that's the best part of the whole movie. Dude's dick gets frozen and shattered. But the rest of the movie's just alright. It is too high concept, I think. It was too much. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.